God is faithful. God is good. And wherever you may be, and I know we're streaming on Vimeo and on YouTube, and I think they threw the YouTube link over to Facebook because computer decided not to want to send to Facebook today, and it is what it is, all right? You just go into the presence of God. God knows exactly what he's planning and what he's doing. This series that we've been in, which God gave us the name for this series several months ago and what we were going to do, God knew exactly what needed to be taking place today. And a couple of members of our worship team ended up getting sick yesterday and out of precaution, got to stay home and the different things or whatnot. But can I tell you what God just showed me yesterday when we were in the presence based on what today's preaching is? I felt God say, it's the way I want it. Because we need to learn how to be able to press into the presence of God as individuals in our homes, here corporately, but we need to know how to be able to press and learn how to be able to press into the presence of God. And many times we get so comfortable and comfortable can stop you. I mean, how many of you don't get up sometimes in the morning because you were just so comfortable? I've been on my couch and I was thirsty, but I was so comfortable, I didn't get up to drink water. Anybody been there before? Let's be honest. Let's be real. That's why you have children. <laughs> Abigail, go get me a glass of water. Because I was comfortable. All the parents are like, yep. I saw my brother Zeke was like, that's it, right there. Get it pegged, dead on the nose. It's one of the purpose, the joys. And I want to start today's, today we're concluding the series re. And I want to start it with a question. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt you're the only one putting in the effort? That if it wasn't because what you were doing, things wouldn't have happened. Have you ever felt like, is it even worth it because I'm the only one left doing the thing? Is it worth to, you know, maybe it's tied to our things of the Lord. is like, well, I'm going to start a prayer group at work, and, well, I'm the only one. Is it even worth it when nobody else wants to be a part of it? If, if I'm the only one. And across Scripture, we see many a people who dealt with that same situation of feeling and thinking, am I the only one? The main one that comes to my mind that I want to start us talking about, and, and I'm going to tell you, you can read it later because it's like three, four chapters long, but I want to talk about Elijah for a little bit. Now, if you've read the story of Elijah, if you know who Elijah is, he was probably one of the baddest prophets, and I don't mean bad in a bad way. I mean bad like in the, in the sense of like, man, that guy's bad. He was one of the baddest prophets in the Word of God, in my personal humble opinion. 
I mean, this is the guy that when you read it in 1 Kings chapter 17, when he talks to the king and there's these issues going on, he tells the king, hey, you know what, king? The Lord told me to proclaim a drought and rain will not fall for the next three years. And you know what happened? The clouds obeyed. The water cycle ceased. It did not rain for three years. He goes and lives for a season during that time in this widow's house. And he goes up to this widow and he says, make me a little cake that I may eat. And the widow says, listen, man, I know you're the man of God and all, but I just have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. I was about to make a little cake for my son so he could eat it and then we could starve to death. That's pretty bleak and grim, right? And you know what, what the prophet says to her? Listen to the voice of the Lord, lady. God says, just make me a little one first. You'll see what's going to happen. And she made it, and the oil and the flour never ceased flowing. She never ran out. I mean, do you imagine being able just to take the scoop, right? You can make some cookies or something. You take the scoop of the flour, you go to the stuff, and you go back and you take another one, and you bake another batch, and you make another one, and, 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 before, and, and, and it just continues and continues, and it doesn't run out. That was the power this man of God worked in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon his life. Then, if it wasn't enough, what we're seeing there, he goes up to the king and he talks to the whole assembly of everybody, right? And he's like, until when are we going to be going back and forth between two views? If Baal is God, let it be him. But if it's the Lord, God Almighty, we need to change some stuff up. And you know what the guy did? He challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to a whose God is bigger contest. Basically it was. I mean, this guy was bad. One guy, and he calls out 450. And these 450 prophets come, and he says, this is what we're going to do. I want to make it an equal level playing field. We both are going to build our altar. We both are going to get the bull. And, and, and because there's so many of you, I'll even let you go first. So Elijah sits back, and the 450 prophets of Baal, a lot of you know the story, they begin to shout, Baal, bring fire, Baal. They start dancing. They start doing the stuff. They start cutting themselves. And you know what Elijah does? Because again, Elijah was bad. Elijah's there and he looks at him and he's like, hey guys, uh, why don't you scream a little louder now? Get a little louder now. You know, like uh, that song is from that story. <laughs> it's like, come on, prophets of Baal, a little bit louder now, a little bit louder now, right? And then he's like, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's busy. And when he gets tired, because I can imagine it's like, it's hot. These guys are all screaming. He knows no matter what they do, it ain't going to happen. So when he gets tired of it, he's like, all right, guys, watch. I told you I wanted this to be an evil level playing field. Okay, so since I wanted this to be a level playing field, let, 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 me, let me give you, let, let, me, let me bring it down to reality. Look, it's not even. We both have the same altar, so it's not fair for you. Let's, let's do this. Dig a bigger hole around my altar. Hey guys, bring me, bring me 12 buckets of water and pour it upon the wood and upon the altar. And then he says, 
no, nah, no, nah, it's still not fair. Bring me more water. And the Bible says that there was so much water pouring upon the altar and the wood that the troughs around it were full of water. Now, if you've ever tried to light a fire, wet wood, no good. Yeah, that sounds good. Wet wood, no good. All right. And he goes and he's, he does it. It, it. It's contrary. But he knew who God was. So then, this is all he does. God, show up. Just praise. And fire falls from heaven, consumes the altar, the sacrifice, and laps up all of the water. And everybody drops to their knees and says, the God of Elijah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's the real God. And then Elijah, again, he's bad. He says, bring me the 450 guys. And he gets a sword and he kills them all. One guy. And after all of this, this is 1 Kings 17, 18. We get to chapter 19. And Jezebel says, the way you killed the prophets, I'm going to have your head. And the guy, Sakowada, he forgot every power that God had used up in his life. And he runs to hide. And God finds him in that place and says, what are you doing, Elijah? And his response is this. I'm the only one left, God. They've killed every other prophet, and now they want to kill me. I'm the only one left. It's not worth it. So can imagine, because I've been there. Is it worth it, God? Look at everything happening around. Is it worth it? And this is what God says to Elijah. You're not alone, bud. As a matter of fact, I have 7,000 men who have not bowed a knee to Baal. I've got a remnant. And that's the conclusion of this series, is the word remnant. And what is a remnant? A remnant is a small remaining quantity of something a small remaining quantity of something. And can I tell you something? Even today, God has a remnant. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 11. Go with me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. I'm going to start reading in verse number one. When you've got it, say amen. If you're online, put a thumbs up or put something there in the comment box or shout it really, really loud. Wake up your kid if they're sleeping in the other room. All right. Romans 11.1. 1. I say then, has God cast away his people? In other words, has God forgotten them? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel saying, I just told you the story, right? This is what he says. Lord, they've killed your prophets and torn down your altars and I alone am left. And they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? 
I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee to Baal. Verse number five, this is the key right here. I want you to highlight it, underline it. It says, even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. See, I want us to reread this passage as if Paul wrote it yesterday. If you look at our country, and not just the United States, but globally, a large, sharp turn has been made in the direction that goes opposite to what God says. So this could have been written by Paul yesterday, where he looks and he says, but do you think God has forgotten us? Do you think God has abandoned us? See, there's a lot of people have been praying and praying for our country and our city and our state and the world. And you look and, and I've had Christians tell me this. I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hand because some of you have. And, and online as well. Does God not hear our prayers? But I was praying for this and, and I haven't seen it or I was praying for that. Is God not listening? And Paul says the same way that God told Elijah hundreds of years ago, there's 7,000, there's a remnant I have. Let me tell you, in 2021, God has a remnant. God has a remnant. And let me tell you one more thing. Paul knew what he was talking about when he said it was a remnant of grace. See, the remnant that was talked about in Elijah's time it was clear, 7,000 men who had not bowed their knee to Baal or kissed his hand. And what it says, that the way it describes it in 1 Kings chapter 19, and here he describes it there, who had not bowed their knee to Baal. It was 7,000 men who had not. They had stayed as the reserve for God. But Paul, before he was Paul, was a guy named Saul. And this guy named Saul... He wasn't part of the remnant. See, the guy named Saul grew up knowing what the scripture says as far as the Pentateuch and the law. He studied under one of the most known authorities, Gamaliel. He knew he was a rabbi. He had the knowledge. And you know what his job was? He was a Christian bounty hunter. He hunted down Christians to imprison them, to kill them. That was his job. So he was doing contrary to what somebody in the remnant. He was hunting down the remnant with letters from the synagogue that said, go there, find them, arrest them, and kill them. He was there when Stephen was martyred when they threw stones to the point where they killed him. And Stephen looked and said, God, I give you my spirit. The Bible says that they took his garments and they threw them at the feet of a young man named Saul. He supervised the execution of the remnant. But then he had an encounter with God. 
See, on his road to Damascus, God showed up and said, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul, immediately, he had an encounter with God and he said, here I am. What do you want with me? And he surrendered and he understood that by the grace of God, he could be justified and enter to be part of the remnant. And some of you in this building today or watching online, you've allowed the circumstances of this life, the situations, the trials, the burdens, the political correctness, what everybody says should be allowed now because the times are different, whatever the case might be, you've allowed that to be your guiding force and light and God says enough is enough. I have a remnant for today and I want you to be a part of it. Part of the remnant part of a remnant. Now, if you're taking notes, I want to give you three specific things that I want to talk about this morning that we see in a remnant. And the first one is this, the remnant praise. The remnant praise. P-R-A-Y, not P-R-E-Y. The remnant praise. Can I tell you something? The spirit of distraction is so heavy upon the body of Christ right now that we have Christians all around the world that are not praying. We're just talking. We're talking about the news. We're talking about the real news and the fake ones. We're talking about the problems. We're talking about what he said, that she said, that the other said, instead of praying to the one that holds the world in his hands. We're so focused on all the other things that we are not praying and the devil's like, they're sleeping, it's awesome. I got them exactly where I want them because they're not paying attention. They're distracted, they're not praying, but a remnant prays. A remnant prays. And not only is it that a remnant prays, but the remnant is also birthed through prayer. It reminds me of 1 Samuel when you hear the story of Hannah. Now, who was Hannah? Hannah was married to Elkanah, and she did not have any children. And in that time, she began to pray hard. And they were living again in a time similar today. You know, have you ever heard somebody say that history repeats itself? Yeah, it's biblical. You see the same patterns happen over and over, but in every single one of the times, God had a remnant. And it's gonna be no different in 2021. See, Hannah, she began to pray that she may have a son. And she prayed hard and she prayed and she went to the temple and she began to pray and pray and pray and pray. And the priest saw her praying and you know what the priest said? He went up there and was like, it's early in the day, why are you drunk? The guy didn't recognize the fervent prayer of that righteous woman. The brokenness in her prayer. But God heard her brokenness and gave her a son, which she named Samuel, which the definition of Samuel means God has heard. It's the reason what God gave us to name our daughter, our third daughter, Samantha. People ask us all the time, when they meet our kids, I always introduce them from oldest to youngest. This is my oldest, Abigail. This is Alexandra. And this is Samantha. And almost everybody says, oh, you didn't go with a third A. Almost everybody. And we use it as the opportunity. No, we didn't. See, because we have been told we could not have children, 
but we prayed and God gave us Abigail, then gave us Alexandra. And when our third one was going to be born, we had a name of an A. But in prayer, God reminded us he had heard. And so her name was changed and was named Samantha. And we use it as the opportunity right there to share the testimony. But almost everybody says it. And so Samuel, God heard the prayer of this woman and was birthed this remnant. See, Samuel was the remnant who was raised in the house of God in a time where the voice of God wasn't heard anymore. In a time where there was so much corruption that people stopped going to the synagogue. Read it in your Bibles. 1 Samuel 1, 2, 3, and 4, all the way to chapter 8, where then he anoints king, Saul as king. It says that the sons of the priests, the sons of Eli, were so corrupt that they were sleeping with the women, fornicating, committing adultery. They were stealing of the offering being brought to the temple. There's been people within the church giving pastors a bad name since the beginning of time. It's nothing new, but there's a remnant. There's a remnant. And so, again, number one, a remnant prays. The second thing is this, a remnant hears the voice of God. A remnant hears the voice of God. Did Midashaw crash again? I, I don't see the same thing back there. I don't know why. Remnant hears the voice of God. Hears the voice of God. Samuel, as a child, learned how to hear the voice of God. Listen, please do not be offended if you're elderly. But I'm tired of it only being the elderly who know how to pray. Of it only being the little old lady or little old man who's sitting in their home in their tabernacle praying and warring in the spirit. It's time for some Samuels in this generation. It's time for some children, some young people, some teenagers, some young adults, some adults to get on their knees to pray and to learn how to hear the voice of God. Because even for today, God has a remnant. Samuel had to be birthed through prayer to learn how to hear the voice of God. Eli couldn't recognize the voice of God anymore. He had gotten so far away. It's a picture of a lot of churches across the country right now where pastors have not continued to hear the voice of God. Pastor, that's a bold statement. Yes, it is. And it's a reason why we're seeing day after day after day, men of God and women of God fall. I just heard, a, 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 I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it, never mind. You see it time and time again. You know why? Because we've stopped praying. And when you stop praying, you stop hearing God. So Samuel, he's sleeping and he hears his name called out. And he goes over to the prophet. He's like, Eli, to the priest, you called me? And Eli's like, bro, I'm sleeping. Go back to bed. That was like me today at 4.30 in the morning. 
On Sundays, I get up at 4.30 in the morning. It's my routine. I go spend time with the Lord, just go over my notes again, and I just, I just, it's my routine for Sundays. And I'm walking to my office. I used to have to even turn my little flashlight on on my phone to get there and not stub my toe on a Lego that somebody left behind or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And I hear, <laughs> and I walk to my daughter Abigail's room, and in Abigail's bed is Abigail and Alexandra laughing and having a conversation like if it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And they weren't praying, all right? Listen, I can hear the voice. They weren't praying. So I walk over there, and I'm like, it's 4.30 in the morning. What are you doing? Alexandra, go back to your bed. Alexa, play Take a Moment by Will Reagan in the girls' rooms. Alexa starts playing the worship music again. Alexa, repeat song. <laughs> Turned off their lights, all the different stuff. Said that's probably what Eli was like. Samuel, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. He falls asleep. He hears his name again. He gets up. He's like, Eli, Eli, you, you called me again. He's like, no, I didn't. Dude, go back to bed. Goes back to bed. Falls asleep. He hears his name. He gets up. He's like, he's like Eli, Eli, you, you called me. I know you did. I even cleaned my ears just in case. And Eli's like, No. And then it dawns on him after the third strike, right? Huh, maybe God is calling you. If you hear the voice again, say, here I am, God. So Samuel goes back to bed and he lays down and he hears his name and he gets up and says, here I am, God. And God gives him his first prophetic word. Does anybody know what his first prophetic word as a child was? Go tell the priest his house is over. So here's this young kid, the remnant, that goes to stand in the face of the authority. Political correctness, laws, rules, mandates. Go look at him in the face and tell him the reign is over. The remnant is called to pray. The remnant is called to hear the voice of God. And very, very important, write it down, the remnant is called to stand for God. The remnant is called to stand for God. The problem is right now that we have too many Christians bowing knee to everything but God. We're bowing our knees to things that go against the heart of God. Got really quiet. Online, it got so quiet probably too, you can hear the hum of the internet. Mm. We're bowing knees to everything but what God says. We're allowing the voices that come in and say, well, I, I know that the Bible says this, but we're living in a different time. 
I know that the Bible says this, but it was written in a different time. No, you know what's the one constant theme throughout the entire Bible? That as long as people are alive, sin will be there and sin will be rampant. And there's always a remnant ready to face it. There's always a remnant that God has that will stand and will face it. And I ask the question, who's willing to be part of that remnant? Who's willing to be part of the remnant that will stand in the face of whatever and say, you may have that opinion, but that's not what God says. But be, even though you don't agree with me, I'll still love you and pray for you. But I got to tell you where I stand. A remnant that will stand for what is right even if it means that they get censored. I believe it without a shadow of a doubt that soon this book will be censored. If right now you can post something about something online and it gets flagged and blocked, the day that you start posting scriptures that say God's biblical stance on adultery or fornication or drunkenness or homosexuality or you name it, it's going to be considered hate speech. And it's going to be censored and banned, which is why even more important that you all start learning what the Bible says by memory. We're in the United States of America. It'll never happen. Yeah, nobody ever thought our country, our country would be in the state it is right now. In the economy and in everything because of a health crisis with a pandemic. If I had told you a year ago, we're going to spend a year where we're not going to be able to leave homes, where we're going to have to stay and Instacart everything where we're not going to be comfortable going places, where we're going to have to wear a device over your face to, to, to help. Or if I had told everybody this one year ago, every single one of you would have said, not in the United States of America. Let's be real. But Paul wrote, as if he wrote it last night, even today in 2021, there's a remnant and the remnant is a remnant by the election of grace it doesn't matter if you bowed to bow bail at one point in time or another it doesn't matter if you walked away and now you decide to get right with god it doesn't matter if you had begun to shift and god is calling you get back because you know what paul writes at the end of this at the end of this chapter at the end of it in verse number uh, 29 he says the gifts and the calling of god are irrevocable and God has called you, 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 and all of you online, all of you, he's called you to be part of the remnant that will pray, that will learn to hear his voice, and will stand even when culture tells you not to. And this, it may not be popular, but it's the truth of the word of God. And the devil is after our children, our young people, and all of humanity to follow him down the fun, wide path and bow their knee to everything but God. And even at times where we're bowing our knee, not to things that are sinful, but we're just bowing our knee to anything else 
that takes away the priority from God. I can easily go a week without getting into the Bible, but man, if I forget my cell phone, I will drive back from Orlando to pick it up. But let's be honest, you always realize it half a block away because you're so tethered to it, so stuck to it. I actually challenge you on your phone, on your device. You know, it keeps track of what times you pick them up and what's the first thing you open. You'd be shocked at what are some of the things that we're bowing to instead of bowing to God. Because whatever you go to first, that's what you're bowing to. Whatever you check first is the first thing you check in the morning when you wake up is the weather forecast, that's what you bowed to. If the first thing that you check is when you get up is what did the stock market close at or open at in China, that's the first thing you bowed to. If the first thing you did was when you checked it up was like, did it, how many likes did I get on my post that I took 74 pictures to get the right one? We were laughing hysterically this week. We were driving down 132nd Avenue, 130, yeah, 132nd. And there's a lake there in a park and it just called our attention. There's, there's somebody laying down on the grass in what looked to be like a summer outfit, Patty called it. And, and they have a phone and you can tell they're just taking a bunch of pictures and Patty's like, they're crafting their posts from three months from now. Here's my summer post. That's probably what they're doing. Taking all these pictures today to be able to post it in June and say, look at this amazing time. And all of us take it hook, line, and sinker. We're bowing to things that are not God. But, Second Chronicles says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You see all the criteria there, right? Humble yourself. What does it mean to humble yourself? Say, you know what? I was wrong. Something happened this morning and I went over to Ralphie who leads our camera stuff and I was like, you did this wrong. And I, and I went back to my office and the Holy Spirit said, you spoke bad to him. And the first thing I did was come back in here and get into his ear and say, I am sorry. He's like, oh, it's okay, pastor. He's like, no, it's not. I was wrong, Ralphie. I'm sorry. I had to humble myself. That's what it means to humble yourself. Why am I giving that as an example? Because we got too many Christians who say, I'm humbling myself to pray, but you are choosing to live in active sin. You're not humbling yourself if you're not recognizing that what you're doing doesn't please God. Humble yourself and pray. A remnant prays. A remnant hears the voice of God. And then after that remnant prays, the remnant is able to stand. See, we have a, a, a picture in our mind that when you bow down your knee, that when you are getting down, it's because you're surrendering and quitting. But the reality is that when you bow your knee to God, is to be able to have the strength to stand firm and not get moved. When you bow your knee to God in prayer, when you bow your knee and your will and who you are to who God is, you will be able to stand in the face of whatever comes your way. That's right. Whoever baby agreed with me. <laughs> Holy Spirit touched her. If you can start playing the songs that I wanted you to play, the worship I told you, or Patty said at the beginning, today's service was going to be different. 
And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. Because what we're going to do right now is that we're going to enter a time of prayer, repentance, and then as the remnant warfare for our country. Warfare for our country, for our city. I had somebody tell me the other day, I can't pray for Joe Biden because he signed this law about abortion or whatever. That is unscriptural. The Bible calls you to pray for that man. He's in a position of authority. We are called to pray. We are called to pray. And before I begin praying, and, and I have here a list of our senators, our representatives, Supreme Court justices, cabinet members, and we're going to begin to pray over them now. Pastor, I came to a Sunday service, not a prayer meeting. A lot of things are about to change. Because prayer is the key. It is not a key. It is the key. Prayer, fasting. It is the key. It is imperative. Can I tell you what my vision is? My vision is that we have more people in a prayer meeting than we have in a Sunday service. Are you saying Sundays aren't important? No, they both are. But it's important to pray. So I want everybody to close their eyes, by their heads. You guys at, at, at home as well. Go ahead and stand to your feet right where you are in the living room. Unless you're driving and listening, don't do that. Then. But everybody else, go ahead and stand to your feet and bow your heads. And I want you to examine yourself and ask yourself the real question. Am I living like part of this remnant that God has set apart for today? Because under the sound of my voice, there's three people right now. There's the ones that have never surrendered to God. And you can do it right now and be part of the remnant. There's some who have surrendered to God, but they're not living as part of the remnant. They're not being part of the solution. And then there's the one that are already part of the remnant. And they're feeling at the point like Elijah was, am I doing this alone? But no, you're not. We're in this together. So if you've never surrendered to Jesus and you want to today, or you want to get right with him today, I want you right now to say this prayer with me and church, pray together with them. And say, God, I'm a sinner. And I realize that on my own, I can't get to you. I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin, for my unrighteousness, and today, 
I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life. Count me as part of the remnant. And from now on, God, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus. And if there's any of you, again, online or in person, who you realize you've allowed culture, political correctness, the time we live in to dissuade you from being part of the remnant. Take the next 30 seconds, just you and God to say, God, I'm sorry, I wanna be part of the remnant. Remember, it's no longer those who had not bowed, it's whoever under the election of grace decides to get right with God. can put the music just a tad bit higher and we're going to begin to pray if you're here with your spouse hold hands with them or with a family member stand in agreement with them father your remnant is before you right now we understand that you've always had a remnant when the children of Israel were in captivity, you rose up a Moses. When they were in captivity in Babylon, you rose up a Daniel. When Haman wanted to destroy the Jews, you rose up an Esther. When your voice could not be heard because of rampant sin, you rose up a Samuel. When the body of Christ was being persecuted, after the resurrection of Jesus, you rose up a Paul. And today in 2021, Father, we stand in agreement that we are ready to walk into our calling of being the remnant for this generation. Young and old, male and female, we are ready to stand in the gap as the remnant, to pray without ceasing, as it says in Thessalonians. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we repent and come against all distraction that has been upon believers who has shifted our focus from who and what we need to pray for. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we begin by praying for our president. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I lift to you Joseph R. Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden. Lord, even as today, there is such a dissension and a divide amongst the Catholics in this country because of the stances that President Biden has already taken in his first hundred days of office. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for an awakening upon this man this man who sits in a position of authority. Lord, I remind you that you said in the book of Ezra that it was you who turned the heart of the king towards the children of Israel. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for you to turn the heart of Joseph 
Biden right now towards you in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for his health, both physical and emotional. I pray for his mind right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as so many people are saying that he is walking with issues of the mind or dementia. And I don't know if it's true or it's not, but I know that you are the God that heals, the God that restores. And over President Biden right now, I pray for health. And I pray for salvation and a reawakening and a surrender completely to you. Father, I am reminded how time and time again in Scripture there was people in position authorities like the, like the king in the time of Esther who couldn't sleep one night and began to read through the Chronicles and found the story of when Mordecai saved his life. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that when President Biden goes into his bedroom and can't sleep and pulls out a Bible and begins to read it, that he will see the words jump off the page and pierce his heart as the double-edged sword that the Word of God is. I pray for Vice President Kamala Harris. I pray over her, her household, her husband, your grace, a complete surrender. And Father, I don't know if at any moment either of these individuals have had an encounter with you. I don't know, but you do. But one thing I know is that their fruit right now of their decisions do not align to the God that we serve. And we pray for there to be a shift in them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for his cabinet members. Every single one of his cabinet members, Father. Anthony Blinken, Dr. Janet Yellen, Deb Haland, Merrick Garland, Lloyd Austin, Tom Vilsack, Gina Raimondo, Marty Walsh, Marsha Fudge, Xavier Becerra, Pete Buttengig, Jennifer Granholm, Miguel Cardona, Dennis McDowell, Alejandro Mayorkas, Michael Regan, Nira Tandon, Avril Haynes, Catherine Tai. Linda Thomas Greenfield, Dr. Cecilia Rouse, Isabel Guzman, Dr. Eric Lander, and Ron Klain, his chief of staff. Father, every one of these cabinet members, we lay them before you right now. And we pray, Father God, salvation upon their lives. Holy Spirit, we pray for the workers to be sent. Father, I declare it in the name of Jesus, you fill with boldness. Even custodial workers and people, gardeners and landscapers and, 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 and office workers and secretaries, people within the White House and in their private offices that will come up to these men and women and tell them, God loves you, God has a purpose in your life, listen to the voice of God. Father, we pray for salvation upon their lives a breaking away from whatever sin may be entangling their lives right now in the name of Jesus. 
whatever the sin. Father, we lay them before you. And I remind you, God, of what the Bible says, what Jesus said while he was walking on earth. He said that the fields were white for the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send workers. Father, you are the Lord of the harvest. Come on, say that this morning. God, you're the Lord of the harvest. And we pray to you, Lord of the harvest, this morning. Send the workers into the fields of the government of the United States of America. Send the workers. Every justice on the Supreme Court of the United States. Lord, I pray for Justice Sonia Sotomayor. That information just came out that an attempt had been made against her life. Father, I pray for your divine protection upon her. And I pray for salvation upon her life, should she not know you. And if she knows you but walked away and bowed knees to the things that are not according to you, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a return to you. Father, I pray for Justice Neil Gorsh. I pray for Justice Samuel Alito, for G Chief Justice John Roberts, for the most newly appointed Justice Amy Connie Barrett. I pray for Stephen Breyer, for Elena Kagan, for Brett Kavanaugh, and for Clarence Thomas. Father, these men and women who sit on the highest court of this land, we declare in the name of Jesus, will submit their authority to the highest court in all the world, which is yours. And we declare in the name of Jesus a return to you upon these men and women, especially as cases start to go before them that will alter things that are legal and illegal within our country. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for the 100 senators that represent all 50 states of this country. Specifically, I lift you the senators, senators of the state that we live in. Lord, we pray for Senator Marco Rubio and for Rick Scott. Father, I pray for these men to surrender their will completely to you, to surrender their agenda and their political aspirations completely to you. Father, I pray that these men right now will be filled with you. I don't know Governor Scott, and I don't know if he knows you or not, but I pray salvation upon his home and the Holy Spirit manifest upon his Over Senator Rubio, Father, I declare a passion and a boldness from the Holy Spirit to stand for what is right according to your word in Jesus' name. Father, raise men and women around them to pray for them, to intercede for them. Father, we pray for every representative that makes up the House of Representatives. We pray for specifically right now for Nancy Pelosi, who sits as the head. And Father, even though she may be advanced in age, she's not beyond your reach. 
I pray for her right now in the name of Jesus. And every member of the house. I pray, Father, for a revival to cross the streets of Washington, D.C. Father, I pray for the governor of our state, Ron DeSantis. Again, I don't know if he knows you or not, but I pray that he may have an encounter with your presence. I pray for his lieutenant governor, Janet Nunez. I pray, Father, for all of the different mayors in our great county. Raul Valdez in Coral Gables. Tim Mirbot in Cutler Bay. Carlos Hernandez in Hialeah. Francis Suarez in Miami. Sally Phillip in South Miami. Rhonda Rodriguez in West Miami. I pray for Danielle Cava, the new mayor of Miami-Dade County. Lord, I pray for these men and women that they will bow their knee to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for salvation upon them, upon their household. Lord, I pray specifically for Freddie Ramirez, the police director of Miami-Dade County. I pray, Father, for every precinct and every officer of Metro-Dade, Sweetwater Police, Homestead Police, Hammocks Police, South Miami Police, Coral Gables Police, Miami Beach Police, Medley Police, our Highway Patrol Troopers. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, surrender upon these officers your divine hand of protection upon these officers, your mercy upon these officers. Father, I pray that if there's any officers in these precincts that are doing things to abuse their power, that you will remove them in the name of Jesus so that the officers that are doing things the right way may be able to continue to work forth. Remove God. Remove the ones that will not surrender. Father, I pray for our first responders, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, your protection upon them, Lord. We pray, Father, for every hospital in our city, all of the Baptist hospitals, Maine, West Kendall, Homestead, South Miami, and every other one as they continue to grow. We pray for Doctors Hospital, Jackson South, Jackson Memorial, Maine. We pray, Father, for Kendall Regional or whatever the new name of it is now. And we pray, Father, for Mount Sinai. And we pray, Father, for Coral Gables Hospital and West Miami Hospital. Father, we pray for every nurse, every doctor, every person that is in these hospitals specifically fighting the pandemic that we're in. We pray for your protection. We pray for your hand upon them. And Lord, I pray for boldness 
from the Holy Spirit upon every one of them that has an encounter already with your presence and that they walk into these hospitals and lay hands on the sick and see them get up out of their beds. Father, we pray for every principal of every school across this city. Right now, if you're into the sound of my voice online or in person, if you have children in school age and you know that principal's name, I want you right there in the name of Jesus just to say, God, I pray for and mention the name. We pray for Dr. Leite Vidal from Sunset Elementary where our children go. We pray, Father, for her assistant principals. We pray for every teacher across this city right now. Private school, public school, charter school, homeschool. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus right now upon every teacher. Your grace. We pray for salvation for the ones that do not know you. And we pray for boldness for the ones that have had an encounter with you. And Father, I pray that they may bow their knee to pray over their students. In the secret place of their home, that they may pray over their students. Father, we pray for revival. And Lord, together with my wife as the pastors of this local church, we pray right now for the global church. Lord, I stand in the gap for pastors all across this country who are not living lives of integrity. And Father, I stand in the gap and I pray for them right now. For there to be healing in their hearts, reconciliation and restoration. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray for pastors who are at the point of quitting for you to strengthen them and remind them of the ministry you have called them to do. Father, I pray for the pastors that are at the point that they're supposed to let go and that they may usher in the new generation of Samuels that are ready to go into the office. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus right now for unity amongst the body of Christ. We make intercession right now in the name of Jesus for unity. Unity across races. Unity across socioeconomic status. Unity across every denomination. Father, I come against every denominational lines and I declare that, Lord, there will be an awakening of the Spirit and we will see the manifestation of what Jesus said. Father, we want to be used by you. We want to be used by you. In Jesus' name. So two things are going to happen right now. First one is I'm going to pray for anybody that needs to leave or tune out from online. And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to continue the stream going 
and we're going to continue this atmosphere of worship. And if you need prayer for anything, make sure you have your face covering and come up and we're going to pray with you. If you're online and you need prayer, send them in. Direct message or email or on the comment box, we have team members on there who will be forwarding them into Patty's phone. And we're going to pray for you. Only announcement I want to remind you is next Sunday, Landon is going to be with us, Pastor Landon Schott. And I know God is going to use him in a mighty way. He's going to be preaching in both services, Spanish service as well. The translation in Spanish service is going to be through a headset. So if you prefer to come to the Spanish service, but you didn't want to because you didn't want to hear simultaneous translation, you can come because it's going to be done through headset. Invite somebody and come receive. God is using Landon in a deeper way than he's ever had in his life. And I've known Landon for, wow, more than I haven't known him already. And seeing the God, way God is using him in the supernatural at their church in Fort Worth. And God is going to move in a mighty way. So be here. Join online. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, whether here in person or online, Lord, we bless them as we dismiss the service. And we thank you for this is going to be a week of victory and blessing. And we pray, Father, that they may have daily encounters with you. Not an encounter just at church or at small group, but daily in their bedroom when they get up in the morning. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, a renewal and a refreshing. In Jesus' name. Again, if you need to go, you are dismissed. If you want to stay in the presence of God, stay, lift your hands, kneel, find a spot in the altar, and begin just to pray to the Lord. If you're online and you need prayer, send them in and we'll pray for you. And if you can, we're going to just crank it up a little bit more so that we can pray with the people in the front. Father, we thank you once again for your manifestation, for your power, for your glory. Holy Spirit, we pray and we ask you to have your way. We pray, Father, that we may be reminded of this message day after day that we are called to be the remnant. That we will pray that we will hear your voice and that we will stand for you and what you say in Jesus' name. Those of you online, if you're still on there or whatnot, we bless you and we love you. Again, next week we're going to have Landon with us. And if you're in the building, you're also, you're released. Um, but we're going to just leave this. I'm just going to, I just want to stay in this presence for a little while longer so you can feel free. If you do need to talk to somebody or whatever, just take it to the lobby. Um, but if you just want to stay and soak in the presence of God a little more, feel free. If you have kids next door and you want to grab them and come sit in the presence of God, just, just do so. And I, and I encourage you, do this at home. Do this at home.